Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Toy Church of Christ, and I'm so glad that you have come back. I know we were off last week, but I think we've got everything sorted out now and have a, a solution so we can get back to our normal schedule for, hopefully, the foreseeable future. Uh, we have been just doing generic, looking at generic studies, passages, topics, things of that nature the past few weeks and we are going to continue with that and today we're going to be looking at a question that a lot of people ask um, especially whenever they hear our position on this as members of the church it's a question a teaching that not very many people believe not very many people hold and that is regarding miracles and answering the question, do miracles still occur? Now, in order to address this, we're going to look at a couple of things. First of all, we're going to look at what is a miracle. Uh, a lot of times when people use that word, they use it in a sense that is not the correct definition, not the correct usage of that particular word. Uh, for example, if someone was sick in the hospital, things were not looking favorably for them, but then they begin to get better and they eventually heal up and are able to go home. Some people might call that a miracle because it seemed unlikely that that person might recover. Is that really what a miracle is? I want us to look at a couple of, of examples of what miracles are to help us get an understanding of what that actually means. Uh, the first miracle that Christ ever performed is what we see in John chapter 2. This is uh, one of the more notable miracles that he performed, again, because it is the first one that we have uh, recorded as far as chronologically goes. And that, of course, is whenever he was at this wedding in Cana in Galilee. And he turns that water into wine. And we see that, uh, of course, in verses seven through nine and it says in verse 11 of this that this is the first of his signs jesus did at cana in galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him okay now this is a miracle because what christ did here defies the laws of nature it defies the laws of science i mean it's impossible it goes against nature. And that, in essence, is what a miracle is. It is impossible for anyone to turn jugs, huge gallon jugs of, of water into wine. That's not the natural process. Therefore, it was miraculous. It went against the laws of nature. Another example that we see, and these are probably a little bit more uh in line with perhaps some of the the other things that we think about we see a couple of them in fact in John chapter 6 uh, one of which is there in verses 1 through 15 whenever Christ feeds the 5,000 and they just had that little bit of food uh, they just had as he says in verse 7 they had 200 denarii worth of bread uh, but it would not be as Philip says it would not be uh, enough for each of them uh, to get a little and so 
Christ takes the five loaves of bread and the two fish, but then he is able to divide that again miraculously to feed over 5,000 people. Again, that defies nature and even to an extent as we might think of it as logic. Later in this same chapter in verses 16 through 21, Christ walks on water. Again, defying the laws of nature. That's what a miracle is. It's not someone who seems like they may not recover, making a recovery. It is not someone who is in the hospital, and again, the odds seem to be against them, but then they are able to defeat whatever illness or injury that they are facing. A miracle is something that goes against the laws of nature. Jesus healing the blind man by spitting in the mud and putting it on his eyes. There is no medical scientific reason as to why that should work. But Christ, because of his power as God, was able to heal that man and give him back his sight. And we see so many examples of similar things of Christ doing that. That's what miracles are. They go against the laws of, of nature. But it's not only important for us to understand really what miracles are. It's not something that's just rare, that seems unlikely. It is something that contradicts the laws of nature. Like when God held the sun for Joshua so that he could defeat his enemies. That, that goes against the laws of nature. That was a miracle. But we also need to understand what the purpose of miracles were also. In John chapter 2, going back to that same example, after Christ had done this, and we already read verse 11, but let's notice it again. He says, This, the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After seeing Christ do this, his disciples believed that he was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah. In fact, if you will also look at the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to his will. Now this speaking about the apostles and others in the first century, it says that God bore witness of what they were teaching by the miracles. The purpose of miracles, as we see throughout the New Testament scriptures, were always to confirm that either what Jesus or what the apostles or the disciples were teaching was in fact from God and it wasn't from man. That is the purpose of miracles. Though Christ did use that power and that ability to heal people, he healed them to produce that faith. It was to confirm that he is the Son of God. So when we look at what a miracle is, we look at what the purpose of miracles are, we're then led to the question, well, do those miracles still occur today? And there is a passage that I believe answers this question so quickly and so easily. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And if we'll look, we won't read the entire chapter, but we'll, we'll start there in verse 8. He says, Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Notice the miraculous nature of these things. Prophecies, foretelling the future, they will pass away. As for tongues, being able to speak in languages that one had not studied or known, they will cease. 
for knowledge. Again, keeping it in context with the things before it and after it, he's talking about that miraculous knowledge that was revealed to them by the Holy Spirit. He says it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. So what is Paul saying here? He's clearly saying that at some point the miraculous is going to end. The prophecies, the tongues, the knowledge, all of those things are going to end. And I think the key to this is what he says in verses 9 and 10. He says, we know in part and we prophesy in part. What the Holy Spirit did is he inspired them to write the New Testament scriptures, yes, but he also revealed throughout the first, first century, throughout the lives of the apostles, the will of God. And they, of course, then in turn wrote that down uh, to send to various congregations as well as for us to have today. So they would prophesy in part. They would have knowledge in part in that sense. But he says when the perfect comes, now keeping it in context, what would that have to be talking about? When the fullness of knowledge came, when the revelation was completed, he says, then the partial will pass away. Well, what is the partial? It's the knowledge. It's the prophecies. It's the tongues. It's the miraculous age. Because again, the purpose of those miracles was to prove, going back to Hebrews 2, John 2, it was to prove that what they were teaching was from God. Well, when they had the entire revelation, when they had all knowledge, when that which was perfect or complete, that's what that word perfect means, when what was complete had come, when the revelation was finished, then the partial would pass away. When the revelation was completed, the miraculous age began to end. And it ended, I believe, with the apostles and others that had received those miraculous gifts in the first century. So when we think about do miracles still occur? It's important for us to understand, first of all, what a miracle is, because I believe many times people use it in, in a very generic way. And it's not the accurate way and usage of that term. But we also need to understand the purpose of miracles, because it wasn't just for the sake of healing somebody. It wasn't just for the sake of helping somebody. It was for the sake of proving that Jesus was the Messiah and that the apostles had been sent by him to teach the gospel and to confirm their message. And then when we look at this passage here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's clear to see that when that revelation, when the scriptures were completed, that miraculous age would be ended. So do miracles still occur based on what we see in scriptures today? No. God is still working through his providence. I believe that to be true. But he no longer works in the miraculous nature that he did during the first century. Because we have the completed revelation. We have everything that we need to know right here in this book. I thank you for your time and for your attention here today. I hope that this has been beneficial and encouraging. Perhaps, uh, perhaps you've learned some things or thought about some things that maybe you haven't thought about in a while. Uh, as always, if you ever have any questions about any of these things that we teach, not just in this video, but in any of the other videos, feel free to message us or feel free to uh, call us if you, if you desire to, and we would love to answer any questions that you may have. Uh, but for now, if you will come back on Wednesday, we will continue our studies.